0: This episode of Fables Around the Table Tiffany includes the following content frightening situations, body dysmorphia, intrusive thoughts, and abusive relationships. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Once upon a time, there lived a lord whose place was so splendid and so richly furnished that even the sultans could not be compared with it. He had dishes of gold and silver, sofas and chairs upholstered in the finest silk. The walls were adorned with every kind of curious antique. There was, however, something very odd about this lord. The color of his beard was a rich and shocking blue. His countenance was both distinct and unmistakable, and so he was never spoken of by his real title, which was grand and noble, but instead, he was simply referred to as Bluebeard. He was a fearsome man, with deep-set eyes, and he was known for having an uneven temper. Even so, Bluebeard had been married many times. No one quite knew what had become of each of his wives in turn, as there had never been a funeral at the palace that anyone living could remember, they simply vanished. And when time passed, he would marry anew. One day, Bluebeard went hunting in the countryside near his estate. With the sun high, he came upon a dilapidated farmstead and wished to slake his thirst and rest. The farmers were eager to please the powerful lord and sent their lovely daughter scurrying to serve him tea and bread. Bluebeard was instantly smitten with her beauty. He decided right then that he would take her as his wife. For a week, he entertained her amongst a cadre of fine lords and ladies. No expense was spared. His wealth was dazzling in the way a cobra dazzles a mouse. After that single hedonistic week, Bluebeard came to call with a marriage proposal. Bluebeard scared the young woman, but she couldn't let her family languish in poverty. And besides, Maybe his beard wasn't quite that blue. She accepted his proposal. In short order, they were married at the palace. Such a sight it was. A thousand white lilies decorated the pagoda for the ceremony. Delightful incense burned throughout the night. The young bride awoke the next morning in her bed alone, her marriage yet unconsummated. This caused her some amount of anxiety, yet also relief. She was escorted by a servant to the dining hall, and there she found Bluebeard breaking his fast. He greeted her cheerily and bade her to eat. Bluebeard informed her that he had received urgent news and must leave at once on a journey of much importance and would likely be gone many weeks. To console her, he kissed her affectionately and gave her the keys to every door in the house. He bade her to amuse herself in his absence.
0: Here, he said, are the keys to your new home. The smallest key, my dear, is for the closet at the end of the great gallery. Open everything. Go everywhere. Save this one little room. I forbid you to use that key. The bride promised to
1: faithfully obey his orders. She stood waving to him from the palace gates as his caravan of camels and horses kicked up a trail of dust as they departed.
0: Tiffany, sweet Tiffany. You wake up alone in your bed, cushioned by softness you didn't think was possible. You realize you're still in your wedding dress, white and beautiful. Though, you can't help but feel it clashes against your body. As you walk through the halls and down to the foyer, you can't help but feel the house around you seemingly twist and warp, its walls foreign, its floors alien. Everything about it feels so unwelcoming. The bumps and thumps of groundskeepers echo basely FROM all directions, making you feel like you're being watched. You stand at the base of the ornate staircase in your bare feet, and take a deep breath. You might feel out of place, but this is your place now, no matter how wrong it feels. No matter how wrong you feel. You grip the keys to the manor left to you by your dear husband, Marley. It's time now to see the luxury that's been bestowed upon you. So, sisters, how do you feel about your husband being called away immediately?
2: Um, I, I feel like the virgin was sort of like heartbroken and disappointed um, but isn't going to like say anything about it. She's going to try to like keep a smile on her face as much as she can in front of Bluebeard. Uh, and as soon as she's alone is sort of like dejected with with uh, what feels like rejection. But she's sort of like maybe somewhat logically knows like isn't.
3: I would think that the witch is also um, disappointed And also, I mean, I would say she's mostly disappointed, but kind of excited to explore. Like, even though he's gone, he's given her this gift to kind of see the house and stuff. Yeah. bit of a freedom that she wasn't expecting to have.
0: What's the end of this feeling like?
3: (laughs) Suspicion. (laughs) Um...
4: I think, to some degree, she's in agreement with like the freedom of being able to explore without being watched. Um, that's certainly very nice, but she's also wondering why he had to leave so suddenly, and where he had to be, and why isn't spending more time with us more important than whatever else this is? We just got married.
3: Mm-hmm. Did it have to be right now? Exactly. Question: Do we know like what he does, or are we just like, oh, he's a merchant? That's all we know.
0: Um, you're aware that uh, Marley is like just like a rich dude, so he does business, tm. Okay. <laughs> like you, you can probably uh, guess that it's like through doing like rich people tm stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's doing a business. <laughs>
0: It's like on a soap opera when, when the people are running business. You don't know what the business does. It's just business. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: That businessman. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, okay. Well, now that I know where all of you stand, um, let me tell you who starts with the ring and control of Tiffany. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so based on the presence that um, each of you uh, gave Marley uh, Bluebeard, uh in our our wedding ceremony um the virgin will start with the ring
2: oh this is this is interesting because i i feel like a lot of the virgin still feels like she's a guest uh-huh. so i think that she's sort of being like pushed by her sisters to like actually explore uh even though she's like we're gonna get into trouble even though <laughs> you know it's her house it's very like uh it's very like manderly. you know with like uh you know our protagonist wandering around um but yeah she does in fact uh, go with the uh with her key ring
0: yeah so you approach the first door what does the key look like
2: i think that the first key she's going to choose like a simpler key so it's like uh, a pretty standard um brass key uh, with like a little ring on the end to put on the thing but it might have honestly even been the first key in the ring. How
0: does it feel in your hand?
2: Um, I think that it feels like weirdly heavy to her so it, it, in addition to maybe the key being heavy she kind of wonders if it's in her head of this is also bearing the weight of some responsibility of being the lady of the house now but it does feel like very heavy to her and the other keys uh, hanging down on the ring also feel very heavy like she's not used to its wait yet and she like sort of wonders to herself if she will
0: okay
2: all right so you take the key and you put it into the keyhole and it
0: clicks very loudly as the door opens up uh the weight that you feel in the key feels completely transferred to the door as you push it open the door is this like dark wood it might even be oak so it's like fancy and antique looking well, I guess antique to us, maybe not in Tiffany's time, but <laughs> um, but you push it open, and this is a like a parlor. You imagine that many, many a few nobles have had tea in this room. Uh, it's got this air about it that's very like pristine. Uh, we, we would look at it as if this, this is like definitely someone has painted this room. This, this room has, be, it has been painted and is hanging in a museum. it's got uh, ornate furniture with curved feet. Um, there's a fireplace that's the, the center of the room, well not the center but the center of the, like the center of attention, I suppose I should say. And it's got a warm fire burning underneath it. Above the fire, there's a, a painting with a beautiful woman lounging on a on a chase lounge. Hmm, what else should be in this room? Uh, by each chair, there's a very ornate, like, Victorian glass uh, lamp that is, it almost looks too expensive to touch. If you breathe incorrectly, you think it might fall over and break and you'd be
2: out, you know, all this money. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's avoiding those. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's, um, so I think that what the Virgin does here, she sort of, like, timidly enters the room. Um, upon seeing the vases, she doesn't trust herself, and she decides to steer clear of those, because, of course, like, the the, the last thing that she needs is that the first thing that she does is she breaks some, like, irreplaceable vase that, right. uh, that her husband is, like, so attached to. Um... So I think that what she's, so she's sort of like, um, in my mind, those are kind of in the center of the room, sort of like a seating area. Yeah. Um, and she's going to go on the outer edges of the room and probably stop to examine the, uh, the painting because that you can sort of examine from far away enough that you're not going to, uh, to break anything, but sort of like arms tightly at her sides, like clutching onto the key, uh, looking around the room. Right. Well, she does notice
0: that on the outside of the room, uh, that she didn't notice, uh, at first is that there seems to be, like, taxidermy animals. Like, that seems to be the vibe of this.
2: Oh, okay. So it's like a, like a trophy room?
0: Yeah. Just, uh, along the sides. Um, but as she looks at the, the painting, uh, she notices that this woman looks surprisingly like Tiffany. Okay.
2: Um yeah i think she's going to sort of almost absentmindedly like stroke her own hair which i'm imagining as being at least partially down um and and like as she looks at the painting being like that's like weird <laughs> um and then uh she is going to sort of like imagine herself like in that position and and just Internally here, she's she's wondering if she can ever um, live up to that level of, um, you know, elegance or or anything like that. So just like look like she would belong like a fine lady on, on a chase lounge. Um, but then I think she's going to go over to one of the taxidermied animals and sort of like touch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it feels like a, well, not a stuffed animal, but like a taxidermied animal ought to feel. Right. Right. Uh, other sisters, do you have any opinions of what is going on in this room? Or how uh, the Virgin is choosing to interact
3: with things? Actually, no, because my first instinct was to inspect the painting, so that was where the witch's interests were. So
4: Same, except the Animus wants to know who this woman is.
0: Uh, how do you feel about uh, the Virgin's thoughts about the, the woman in the painting? I think, to
4: some degree there's a sort of annoyance that we don't feel like we belong yet but an understanding at the same time Uh, we've only just gotten here and this is all very new and this is very fancy but i guess the animus takes a little offense at the idea that we are uncomfortable with it because of course we can be this woman but the virgin like passing over looking at who this is is a little bothersome um i don't think she really cares about the taxidermied animals (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's (laughs) fair yeah okay um so it sort of seems like the other sisters are sort of pushing her to be like hey hey who's that person Mm -hmm. um So she's going to, um, after, you know, touching one of the taxidermied animals, she is going to go, like, back to the painting and, uh, lean a little bit closer and see if there is, like, an inscription anywhere on the frame or any sort of hint in the painting as to who this is.
0: So would you say that you are investigating a mysterious
2: object? I would say that I'm investigating a mysterious object.
0: Um. Then you may ask two of the following questions: Uh, whose item is this? What memories does this item hold? What about this item is odd or uncanny?
2: And why does Bluebeard keep this item? Um, I I can pick how many you said two two. Um. So I think that why does Bluebeard keep this item is sort of like the number one thing for her. Um. What sort of odd and uncanny? I think that she already thinks that she knows is that they look similar. Um, and what were the other two questions?
0: Uh, whose item is this? And what memories does it hold?
2: So I think we're going to go, uh, why does Bluebeard have this and what memories does it hold?
0: Okay. Um, so Tiffany looks at this and as she's taking in the rest of the room, she notices that this woman who looks very much like Tiffany is laying on the exact same chase lounge that is in this room. Um... And the longer she looks at it, she gets the feeling that the artist was in a couple different uh, states of mind while they were painting this. There are parts of it where the detailing is very tight and realistic and and feels very, like, precise, I guess, is the word I would want to use. Or uh, parts of it are very very clearly trying to be as realistic as possible. And there are other parts where it starts getting a little more uh, loose and... Uh, I'm trying to think of thinking words
2: <laughs> almost like almost like more sketched out rather than like
0: yeah like not that she's like manically paint or, or whoever painted this is like manically painting it and like not paying attention anymore but more like uh, the artist is kind of losing their sense of reality about what's happening um, okay. and you notice where these things are happening the most are actually on the body of this woman Um, you notice that, uh, her hands are very dainty. Like, you you can see her fingernails, you can see the exquisite detail done, done on her hands. But the area around her breasts are a little, um, a little more imaginary. Her proportions seem a little stranger. Uh, she is delicately thin, even though it doesn't seem like she's wearing a corset. Uh, her eyes are big and bright on her face even though her feet, her other features seem very small or ill-defined.
2: Okay.
4: Glad we don't look like this in real life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and uh, why does Bluebeard keep this item? As you're looking
0: at this, you get the feeling that whoever painted this, whether it was Bluebeard or someone else, put a lot of love and care into it. Like, whoever created this, was very passionate about painting it. And the more you kind of look at it, you you can feel that passion kind of like looking at you. But that intenseness seems to not go away. Tiffany starts to feel like she's being watched, and she sees that the woman in the painting is now very intently looking at
2: her. Uh, she is going to, uh, back up. Uh, because that sort of uh, freaks her out. Um, and I think that because she is scared, she is going to pass the ring onto the witch. Onto me. Yep. <laughs> She's like, nope, don't want this.
0: <laughs> uh, would you say you are shivering
2: from fear? I would say that.
0: Tell me what you are most
2: afraid will happen. Um. I think. Okay, so this would be pass the ring and choose one. Yes. Okay. Um, so I think that she is most afraid, like it's almost like a childlike fear, like how kids will sometimes get really like super afraid of something random and it doesn't like quite make sense. Um, I think that she's afraid that this woman is going to reach out of the painting and like pull her in.
0: Ooh, okay.
2: I like that. And um, so she's going to pass the ring and she's going to choose Um, she's going to choose. It has the bride in its clutches right now.
0: Excellent. Uh, who are you passing the ring to? The witch. Excellent. Goodness gracious. Okay. (laughs) 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 So Tiffany backs away, uh, afraid of the sudden, uh, eye contact that she has with this painting. And sure enough, she does see, uh, the, the woman start to move in the painting. She doesn't realize what's happening at first. Uh, she, due to the kind of erratic nature of parts of the, the, the painting. And almost, like, Tiffany blinks her eyes and is like, whoa, that's, that can't possibly be real. But surely enough... The woman from the painting reaches out, not only from the painting, and pulls herself from it, and tumbles down onto the floor in front of the fireplace. There's a sudden thick smell of oil paint that fills the room. Um, And even more than that, it's more like paint thinner, or paint that's been left too long, so there's something just chemical and wrong about the smell. The the woman looks like a a caricature of the woman that was in the painting. She's even thinner now, her feminine features are exaggerated even more. Uh, her eyes almost look like they're about to pop from her face, they're so large and comical. Uh, but there's still the serene beauty about it, even though it's so horribly, terribly wrong. Um,
3: I'm trying to think. I think that that would freak even the witch out a bit. Um. I don't think I think she knows what's going on in the situation. Uh...
0: What what is the witch thinking? Like, or any of the sisters? What what are your like immediate first thoughts about seeing this thing fall out of this painting? Suddenly smell real bad, and then start to get to its feet and look just horrible. <laughs> I mean, since it's like the first thing that's really happened to her
3: in the house, like it's like a oh shit moment kind of thing. Yeah, at least for the witch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the virgin is basically yelling to the others to just run, like especially the witch.
4: Where the animus is looking for something nearby that she can defend herself with.
2: <laughs> yeah, fight or flight. That's that's what we've got. We did it. We did it, guys. <laughs> Pack it up. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> um. So I think that. Oh gosh. threw yourself with violence. Um. I'm trying. I think. <sighs> I'm torn between either dirtying myself with violence or crying out for help because I think I think with it being the first one I think that Tiffany or the witch would have would back up as far as she can probably bumping into those very nice glass faces um <laughs> crying out for help because she's this is something that even... With her experience making charms and stuff, this is a whole new level of supernatural
0: goings-ons. Excellent. So to confirm, you'd like to cry out for help. Yeah. Okay. I need you to roll for that. Uh, You'll roll 2d6 and then add your resilience points. Okay.
3: So that is a seven.
0: Excellent. Okay. Is it though... (laughs) <laughs> Let me think about what happens. <laughs> um so you cry out for help what what do you yell? Um I think
3: first would just be a general cry out um of alarm and then she would probably just scream
0: help help me. Okay. Uh so you you back away and look look around. And, and cry out uh, this, this woman is a, even horrible to look at you, you shield your eyes from her uh, and you hear footsteps come from, from down the hall and a, uh, a woman comes in she's definitely older than you um, and she looks like she's, she's had some time on, on her um, and she walks in and looks at you how do you How do you greet her? (laughs)
3: Um, probably just with-
1: Help me! I don't understand!
3: And pointing at where this woman has crawled out of the painting.
0: Uh, the woman, like, sighs and shakes her head and looks up to where Tiffany's pointing, and she looks back to her. What do you want me to help you with, my dear? Do I still see? When she looks back, Tiffany can see the creature still standing in front of her, but she has also reappeared in the painting. Uh, so Tiffany is not exactly sure that the servant here can see the creature here. Um,
3: I think with the the servant acting like she can't see or seeming like she can't see it, Tiffany's gonna be taken aback and not sure what to think. Like, how, what is the animus thinking at this point
4: um i think she's a little angry because we can see the woman right there and we pointed directly at her why can't she see it and i don't know that she has anything to add much in the way of what to do but this also seems like a situation that if we're the only ones seeing this then we might want to keep that to ourselves Because this is really scary, but we don't need these people who we just met and we just got here to think that we're frail or crazy.
3: Right. Um, so I think, can I give up the ring to the animus in this situation? Uh, sure. Okay. I'm going to be like, I don't know how to handle this. (laughs) Here (laughs) you go, sister. (laughs) Have fun.
0: You drive.
3: (laughs) 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 <laughs> this body's not working.
0: <laughs> so, Animus, you are now in control of Tiffany.
3: Um,
4: hmm. So we've got the painting creature on in front of the fireplace and also in the painting frame. Yes. And this servant lady here, like, what do you want me to do? I don't see anything. That is correct. <laughs> um, I think she'll not take her eyes off of the painting creature mm-hmm. lady. And say to the servant woman,
1: I'm sorry to have bothered you. I must have just been startled. You may go now.
0: Of course, Miss CL. Please do let me know if I can do anything else for you. Do be careful moving around the house. However, you wouldn't want to break anything. Uh, and she leaves. What kind of comment was that? Do we look like we're going to
4: just break
3: things? Well, what have we been trying not to do? I did almost knock into those vases. That was my fault. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you feel the smell getting stronger in here uh, from the from the paint monster. <laughs> um,
2: I I feel like the Virgin here does not trust the Animus to like if we stay in the room make the right <laughs> decisions. So she's going to really push the Animus to just leave the room and, and lock the door behind them.
4: Is the painting lady getting closer, or is she just standing there?
0: She does take a step closer to you, and you see that on the floor, she leaves a paint
2: footprint behind her. God, that's creepy. Well, now we're going to get blamed for that, too.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All the servants are going to hate us. So, so she takes a step and she leaves this footprint, and the longer it seems that she stays out of the painting, the more distorted and kind of uh, warped she gets. Uh, this big smile starts to, to form on her face with these lush, uh, beautiful lips. Um, they're painted with this beautiful cherry red that look like they're perfect for kissing. Um, her eyes still big and, and uh, innocent looking at you she keeps smiling bigger and bigger until she reveals this toothy grin. Her, at first, these teeth, very gnarled and and crooked, soon turn to pristine white teeth.
4: I think in this situation that the animus, given that the virgin wants us to leave and the witch didn't quite know what to do with this either, and it doesn't seem to be getting, like, it doesn't seem to be backing down to us staring it down, that I think we will try to exit the room
0: okay let let me ask you this first of all. do you think there's a truth you can propose about this room as to what you think Bluebeard's part in this creature is? um so to further elaborate, proposing a truth will allow you to uh take a token of faithfulness or a token of disloyalty uh a, a token of faithfulness if you're if you have a feeling that Bluebeard has nothing to do with whatever this is happening up in here mm-hmm. <laughs> or a token of disloyalty if you feel like he is somehow at the cause of this.
4: I think because it's the animus that is in control right now that she would like to propose a truth. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's quite sure what happened here or who that is, but the emotion that went into this painting, the like distortion of whoever this was that sat for this. Um, has definitely been twisted and some she doesn't know about all of these witchy things as well as the witch does, obviously. but something bad seems to have happened here that this painting that was done with care and love and um, like passion has ended up being more, rather than, I guess, a token of love, this feels maybe even like some sort of like guard dog to this,
0: ah, okay. if that makes
4: sense. I think so. That this is, um, I guess this is more like a harbinger of a feeling that she doesn't quite belong here. This wasn't her room. This is whoever was in the painting's room, and that person, this twisted version of them, doesn't want them here anymore.
0: Mm. Uh, what does? She, why does she think Bluebeard has something to do with that?
4: I think she's going on the assumption that since this is his house, mm. uh, that he would have something to do with it. And did the painting, when we looked at it before, did it look new or newer?
0: Um, it's hard to gauge the age on it, but it didn't look like it was like an antique or anything.
4: Okay. I guess to the Animus, this is just kind of another bit of evidence towards her suspicion that either... scratch that. Do we know that he's had multiple wives beforehand?
0: Uh, yeah, you'd you'd have heard through rumors that Bluebeard has married before.
4: Then I would think that she suspects that this is one of his former wives and that makes her deeply uncomfortable especially since this painting lady doesn't want doesn't seem to want us here yeah and that doesn't bode well
0: okay so to be clear, you definitely want to take a token of disloyalty here yes okay so let me explain to you how you're taking that token <laughs> and leaving the room. <laughs> <laughs> So you've come to this conclusion that you need to leave now, something bad has happened, and it is not okay for you to be here. You can't- this thing is getting worse the longer that you are here. Let's alleviate the situation. Uh, As you turn to leave, you hear the creature groan, and as you turn behind you, you see it kind of, like, look like it's trying to throw something at you? Uh, you flinch, but you don't feel anything, like, hurt you or anything. Uh, but when you look down, you notice that there's part of your wedding dress now that is covered in this paint as this woman starts to, to melt and disintegrate into the ground. How dare she? Uh, Mm -hmm. fearful, you leave. (laughs) Uh, and now you are outside this room and you're not in in any kind of immediate danger from, from this thing. Uh, how do you feel? (laughs) Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Is the paint still there? Yes, the pain is still there. The pain is staining your wedding dress.
4: Is that pretty, pretty...
3: angry? Yeah, she <laughs> like ruined our dress.
0: Right. This is yeah. probably the nicest thing
2: we've
3: ever owned. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, the the virgin is is really pushing the animus, like, you know, like, save the dress, like, try to get something out of the dress.
0: Hmm.
4: So I guess then we would be searching for some other, like a, like, a washroom or something that we could try to fix this paint issue
0: uh yeah before we get there let me let me ask you guys some
2: some questions to see how you how you feeling
0: (laughs) so what was what was the most terrifying part of this woman to each of you
2: um i i think for the virgin it was her proportions her sort of inhuman proportions Mm -hmm. um, that seemed very like monster-like and frightening to her
4: i think for the animus it was that this woman was a painting and she somehow managed to go from a painting to something, like, tangibly dangerous to us. Mm. And that definitely caused us physical harm. At least to the dress.
3: I... Yeah. Damn. The nicest thing I own. Um, I think for the witch, it would be the fact that the servant seemed to not notice her. That it seemed almost more like it was just in her head than something that was real and in, in front of her.
0: Okay. A- aside from obviously the the terror and anxiety that Tiffany is is feeling right now, what what other emotions is she feeling? Confusion,
2: I think for sure. I think loneliness too. Um, you know, Bluebeard left, the servant couldn't see what this was, like she feels like very alone. Okay. Interesting.
3: And Almost concerned because it, it's weird that if this was a prior bride that she looked so much like us, um so does Bluebeard love us or just because we fit a certain mold for him.
0: Ah. And some insecurity I'm hearing. Yeah, and right. those
3: while those were definitely exaggerated proportions, we we're
0: not close to those.
4: Yeah, we don't have dainty little hands like that
3: or womanly
0: curves Excellent, so I'd like you to, to hang on to those for a, for a second Hello listeners Groundskeeper Chelsea here You've made it through the first room of our playthrough of Bluebeard's Bride, published by Magpie Games Take a moment to take a breather relax, and know you're not in the horrific mansion that Bluebeard calls his own This episode of Fables Around the Table, Tiffany, was brought to you by Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. This past year, we've all been glued to our devices more than ever, and only really last year did I realize the headaches I was getting by the time I went to bed from being at my computer and being on my phone for work projects almost constantly. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and our eyes and sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses to someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for the digital age, and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link below in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you'll love your Baxters, and we know you will feel the difference. While we're taking a moment to relax, allow me to tell you about our wonderful cast. Fiona L.F. Kelly is part of Project Derailed and works on about a million other projects for the website. As well as being the showrunner for Fables Around the Table, she is also a player on Tales of the Voidfarer, a D&D 5e podcast featuring the world of Spelljammer. She's also the host of movie podcast Big Streaming Pile, where she and a co-host talk about bad movies on streaming services. And if that wasn't enough, she's also a writer, and you can find all of her projects she's working on at any given time at Fiona L.F. Kelly on Twitter. Annie Bell Kimmel is a friend of the show and is making her second player appearance on Fables Around the Table. You'll know her as everyone's favorite aunt, Penny Rookwood, from Fables Around the Table, Curse. She's also a part of Two Bookish Babes, a podcast that talks about YA literature. You can find them on Instagram at Two Bookish Babes. Caitlin Camp is back again this season to provide her talents to another game. She was on previous Fable season, Lost, as Detective Posey Drew Fisher. You can often find Caitlin hanging around the Project Derailed Discord server discussing plants and bug life. The voice of Tiffany is played by Anna Kolar, who has provided her voice to many other Fable seasons, including Curse and Lost. A new bride herself, she was able to bring those emotions to her performance. A thank you to Tom Goldwaite for writing and recording the themes for each of the sisters, as well as a Waltz for the Bride. Tom was able to take my silly ideas and spin them into the compositions that you will hear haunting Tiffany throughout the podcast. And finally, I'm Chelsea Rexinger. I do lots of work for Project Derailed, including asset creation for the podcast and being the server fairy on the Discord server. I've been on almost every season of Fables around the table, so if you like what we're doing here, I urge you to give all of the other seasons a listen. If you'd like a really quick sample of all of the things Fables can be, I suggest starting with Firelight, a collection of spooky Halloween-inspired horror one-shots. Other than Project Derailed, I am also part owner of Plot Kindling Candles, a candle shop where we make soy wax candles inspired by your tabletop characters. My favorite project we've done so far was for a whole party of characters from a campaign for Monster of the Week. Visit our shop at etsy.com slash plotkindlingcandles to start the process for making your own custom candles today. And finally, Project Derailed now has a Patreon. If you enjoy our content and would like to support a creator online, please think about pledging to us. Pledging will give you access to special channels in our Discord, access to extended retrospective episodes, and even a whole bonus podcast where you can listen to Nick, Tom, Fiona, and Chelsea talk about the things they've been working on for the past month. Support the website and the podcast at patreon.com slash project derailed. Now that we've had time to take a breath, why don't we get back to the podcast? Um, and Animus, you have the ring, so you may describe the next key to me. Um,
4: so we're looking for a key that looks like it might go to, like, a washroom or something similar. So I think she's going to look for and then find... A key that looks like um, it's silver, but the tarnish on it has been rubbed away by people's hands on the end of the key, so it looks like it's had more use. Um, and the end is a wide oval shape, and the teeth of the key are—it's just one simple tooth—and it seems like maybe this might be one given that it looks like it's used frequently and the simplicity of it that this would go someplace that maybe everyone would need to find eventually.
0: Okay, so you take this, this silver key and you, you push it into the door and it clicks. Um, once you open it, uh, the first thing that you notice is that you're hit with the smell of soap and cleaning. When you enter, you see that you're entering actually a dressing room. Um, there are beautiful, ornate armoires lining the walls. They look like they could be even be- well, I guess they'd have to be hand-carved, huh? Um, but they've got, like, filigree on them, and they they look like they're, like, heirlooms. Uh, there are- are there closets at this time? I mean, I'm definitely picturing the armoire from Beauty and the
3: Beast, so.
4: Yeah, I think typically there might have been, like, a separate little room that you could, um- do all your right. like intimate business in, and sometimes that included like, the clothing, but I think it also was used for having a servant nearby.
0: Right. What? Okay, here's, what, here's how I want to sh- share what I want to share. There's an armar that's open and you can see inside of it. That's <laughs> how I'm doing it. <laughs> um, all right. Inside you can see these very beautiful dresses, materials that you don't think you've ever seen before in your life, uh, but look like they're even softer than the bed you woke up on. Uh, there's fancy seating, much like there was in the uh, what did I call the other room? The parlor. The parlor. Yes, I know the things that I'm saying.
4: <laughs> I got your back.
0: Uh, there's fancy seating, like there was in the parlor, still very uh like ornate. Uh, Tiffany still feels very out of place in this in this situation. Um, and there's dressers and things, things to keep clothes in. Uh, Tiffany notices that there's also an antique-looking uh, jewelry box, like one of those little jewelry armo- armoires that are standalone by themselves. And sort of the mo- the biggest feature of this room is this tall mirror, and it's one of those mirrors that has the-, the center panel and then two other panels coming off to the side so that you can see yourself from different angles. Um, and this thing looks like it's surrounded by gold. It's got these really beautiful curves going up it in the filigree. Uh, on the top like this 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 mirror looks like it's very expensive like it's worth more money than you've seen in your entire life
4: um I think because we do have paint spatters on our dress we're gonna go to the mirror and see how bad the damage is
0: yeah, so you you look at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and you see that there's kind of like where where the paint has hit your dress is on the like the foot of the skirt. Mm-hmm. Um and it's almost horrifying the way that you're looking at. It almost looks like the paint is trying to crawl up you or like somebody has been laying on the floor and is trying to like pull themselves up on your dress. That's sort of like the shape of the paint splatter, uh, down down your leg, basically.
4: Oh, that's horrible.
0: <laughs> that's
3: really scary. Is, <laughs> it,
0: is it growing? It's it's not it's not moving or anything, but that like it looks like if I dipped my arm in paint and tried to pull myself up on on a dress, like that's the shape of where. So scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not moving. It it's not like dried or anything, but it's it's not moving. It's not crawling up you. It's not. It's just paint on your dress.
4: Ugh. Well, how are we supposed to get this out?
3: Um, look and see. Is there like. Um, a separate door that's kind of, like, hidden that seems more like a servant's entry or
0: anything? Uh, yeah, there does seem to be another door like that. Uh, can we check it, see if maybe they have, like, basic supplies in there or something?
4: Maybe there's a wash basin through there.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, you open the door and you do see, like, there's a little work area there for for cleaning or where, um, laundry might be taken before it's officially taken down to, like, a laundry room for washing. Um, but yeah, you, you find, like chemicals and, and stuff in there that might be used to take paint out of things. Hmm. Uh, definitely try to use those.
4: Um, I was gonna say, I guess she would look for something more familiar to see if there is anything that she could use to get this out, but I think her attention is also divided because of the beautiful dresses and this nice standalone fancy jewelry storage piece of furniture thing.
3: And also wanting to make sure nobody's following her in to see this giant splatter. Yeah, and are there
4: any paintings in this room?
3: There are not.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Good. No more paintings. (laughs) Safe for now. (laughs) Sigh of relief for no paintings.
2: Yeah, she also (laughs) wants to keep it away from the servants so they don't tell like, she wants to get it out before anyone notices, I think, so they don't tell Bluebeard like, oh yeah, she spilled something like all over her dress.
4: Yeah, what if he thinks that we're not I don't know, like, serious about this. We're suspicious of him, but that doesn't mean that he needs to be suspicious of us.
3: Exactly, yeah. Right. Or, like, you know,
2: not careful, like, we just don't care. Yeah. Like, this is, like, his big, like, gift, you know, to Tiffany. Um, in addition to the house and everything, and it feels like she's already, like, messed it up.
0: Uh, so as Tiffany is futzing around in this side room trying to figure out how she's going to remedy the the paint on her dress she hears a rattling from the other room
4: i think she would put down whatever she was using to try to probably in vain (laughs) remove the paint from the dress and cautiously um poke her head out or at least see if she can see what might be making that noise from the inside of this this small room
0: yeah she looks out and she doesn't see anything like moving or anything, but when she listens very closely for the rattling, it sounds like it's coming from, like, the dangly bit on the drawer of the jewelry box.
4: I think she is going to go investigate this mysterious object.
0: Excellent! What (laughs) questions would you like to ask? Would you like me to read them to you again?
4: Um, I have them here. Um, I think she would like to know,
0: um... Well here's the first question. Do you open the drawer?
4: I think yes. We're we're gonna open the drawer first.
0: Okay. Well, inside, let me tell you more about the mysterious object <laughs> you may ask questions about. Yay! Um there's a pair of really beautiful earrings. Um there are blue gems in these. They're they're kind of like dangly dangly boys. Um, but the gems in these are like so exquisite and, like, shine, even though the lighting in this room is not great. It feels like they're shining and piercing right through your heart. Uh, th- The quality is just so beautiful.
4: Okay, so I think that helps. Um, I think the Animus would want to know whose item is this, and because the drawer was rattling, I think she would want to know what about this item is odd or uncanny.
0: Yeah. Um, hmm... Also, we'll say for the sake of fun that Tiffany totally has your ears pierced and could put these in if she wanted to. <laughs> nice. No,
3: that would cause blood magic.
0: And she didn't. <laughs> so, Tiffany picks them up and she definitely feels like a woman of high status has probably worn these at some point. Um, somebody who was very uh, respected and... And powerful, there's there's a like a, a radiance coming off of them that if even if Tiffany were to wear these, that she would have this uh, great power come come off of her, and that she would be given uh, respect and kind of be uh, people would be in all of all of her uh, due to the energy coming off of these earrings.
4: How tempting.
2: <laughs> yeah, put
0: them on. Put them on.
4: I do. We have any reservations about putting them on because. I think these might go well with our necklace. And yeah, that's maybe it'll take attention away from the paint on the foot of this gown.
2: Yeah, that's the virgin's thought (laughs) that, like, if she puts these on, she might be putting herself in a position that she seems more like the lady of the house. So she can sort of like uh, postpone the problem a little bit. Um, If it has to do with the dresser, maybe that'll help her get the confidence to tell one of the servants, like, you have to take care of this and make sure it's clean.
3: The witch just thinks they're pretty and has wanted to put them on a suit.
2: (laughs) There's that aspect, too, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Which is like, those are mine now. (laughs)
4: Yes. (laughs) Okay, well, I think the Animus would then probably, like, admire them a bit more and turn them over and then one by one she would put them in her own ears.
0: Uh, does she go admire them in the big mirror?
4: Yes, she does.
0: Oh, buddy. Uh, Tiffany approaches the mirror and sees them in. What does everybody think of the the new beautiful earrings that Tiffany's wearing? Do you think they look good on her? Um,
2: yeah.
3: Um, I think that she would think that they look good, but does she necessarily pull them off and have the regality that, she was hoping to
4: I think at that thought we would probably straighten up a little more and maybe raise our chin a little bit higher maybe try to Mm -hmm. channel the like regality the the power that we felt when we first looked at them
2: yeah I think the virgin is is sort of thinking like looking at these really fine earrings like yes like this is like what we needed to really be, you know, Bluebeard's wife here. Like, this, this looks like what a lady of the house would wear.
3: Except for that stain on
2: the foot of our dress. Well, we're looking from, like... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Just As the sisters are deciding these spots in Tiffany's head as she's, she's looking at the earrings on her body, she hears a, a voice. You know it won't work. They'll see right through you. So, d- does it sound like it's in
2: the room, or...?
0: It does sound like it's in the room, and oddly enough, it sounds like Tiffany. I think she'll spin around and see. She sees no one behind her, but the voice continues. I'm right here. You don't have to look that hard. And it sounds like it's coming from behind her now.
4: She'll look back at the mirror again.
0: In the mirror to each side, uh, in each of the side mirrors, uh, is a reflection of Tiffany that uh is smiling a little uncannily uh she looks unimpressed what have you never spoken to yourself before
4: i think (laughs) we're mean mugging the mirror at this point um
1: oh no don't do that he'll think you're unattractive like that don't give him more of a reason to leave you who are you to say something like that (laughs) well clearly i'm you But don't worry, I can do you so much better than you can.
0: And she kind of like softens herself and she looks very pretty uh, compared to
2: uh, Tiffany's current frump face. I think that the virgin is thinking about those other dresses that are in the room and thinking like, maybe we could just like hang those over the side mirror and not have to think
0: about them. <laughs> <laughs> just put that away. Let me just cover you up with a sheet. <laughs> I do love
4: that though. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. We're gonna we're gonna go for that. We're gonna go pick up one of these nice lovely dresses and we're just gonna drown out this other unwanted voice by ignoring
3: her face. We're gonna we're gonna frame ourselves with some beautiful dresses. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i think the virgin like really wants to hold on desperately to like just like that fleeting moment of like yes like i did it this is like what i'm supposed to look like and she wants to drown out that anxiety uh
0: you can do that what does the dress look like that you pull out of the uh the armoire Hmm. it is a baby blue chiffon Ooh, pretty empire waist more simple but that's okay yeah. Um and you're covering just the outside panels, is that correct? Uh I think so. Wherever the voice is are coming from. Yeah, so on this like trifold mirror it's the two side ones, not the
2: center one. So pick another dress too, <laughs> I guess.
4: I think Yes, the would the would the virgin like to pick one?
2: Um, sure. I think that this one, um, I think that she picks like a lighter one and sort of like a heavier one. This one might be more for like winter. Um, it's like a deep navy, like velvet type of dress. Um, it's also on the more simple side. Um, but it's definitely like heavier and maybe has some embroidered details on it. So that are that make it look like uh, like very fine. Huh, pretty. yeah, and
4: I like that. We'll, the animus will take both of these dresses and very firmly and um, pointedly place them over both the outside mirrors.
0: (laughs) Excellent. I love this solution to this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so as you're doing this, um, the the reflections are are unrelenting. I don't know what you think you're doing. You can't block us out. We're with
1: you all the time. You can't hide from the truth And as you cover
0: them up, they they do become quiet. Ooh. Um, So that you can look at yourself once more do you continue to look at yourself
4: um i think to make a point yes uh, we'll continue to admire ourselves for a moment
3: excellent i don't i don't know about you two though but they did kind of get in the witch's head
2: yeah i i think that they they did for the virgin as well but she wants to like put it behind her as quickly as she can so she's sort of like on the side of the animus right now sort of like uh, glad that we're like you know straight back these like fabulous earrings and just like avoiding the stain really trying to look anywhere but the stain
3: you've got your superhero (laughs) pose going (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: Uh, so as Tiffany gazes upon herself and the beauty of these earrings and trying to convince herself that this is where she's supposed to be There's a sudden rip as the dresses are ripped forward and the two reflections lean out of the mirror. They no longer look like Tiffany. They look horribly mad, they've got gnarly teeth coming out of their mouth, but the smiles never fade from their face. Their eyes are wide and glued to Tiffany. You can't hide from us! We're always here! We will never let you forget what you are! Um,
4: I think... so they're just leaning forward?
0: Yeah, they they've torn the dresses in half and are now leaning through the mirror. Okay, they're not like outside of it, but they're like their head is poking out, like they're leaning through a through a window.
4: I think the animus would remove her gloves, and
0: are we about to have a duel?
4: <laughs> <laughs> she. This is hard for me as a person who's not definitely like inclined to the fight part of the situation, but yeah. I feel like she definitely is. But you're okay. Um,
3: Can I make a suggestion? Yes. My initial thought was to do something like try to close the trifold mirror and trap them in or um, do something more to the
0: glass than even them because they're coming out of the mirror. But that was my thought. But you are leaning towards dirtying yourself with violence. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. That is perfectly fine.
4: So I think I would like to do that and with the... Gloves literally being off, <laughs> um, she would take the witch's suggestion and um, just move to, well, fine, if the dresses aren't going to, like, keep this person quiet, then we'll just shut the mirror.
0: Uh, Sure. I need you to roll your dice and then add carnality.
4: <laughs> oh, heck, but a good way. Good! <laughs> I think. Where'd my thing go? Ooh, I get a plus one to carnality. Excellent! So that is an eleven.
0: <laughs> Wonderful! Um, yeah, so Tiffany is, I imagine, a little jarred, having these dresses suddenly rip and have these two spooky faces uh, sticking out. Um, but you step back and you're like, I can't, this is not, we not doing this anymore. And you take the sides of it, and with all of your strength you push them closed. Um, and you hear uh, this big thump and snap as uh, the, the mirror is suddenly closed. And in fact, you push it so hard that it sort of starts to fall forward from you. Uh, you're able to move out of the way as it falls face uh, mirror first down onto the floor. So now it is flat on the floor. It didn't break, did it? It didn't make a sound that sounded like a mirror breaking. That's good. I'm sure it's fine. Yep, that's fine.
2: We should probably rush out of this room, too, before yeah. the servants notice us causing destruction in every room. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, we should probably go now. Uh, Animus, can you propose a truth about this room? Um, I don't
4: think so. I think these seem like reflections of our own insecurities, and it's hard to attribute that to anything but ourselves, especially given the state that we were in when we came in.
0: Okay, so you think your husband has nothing to do with whatever this was?
4: No, this seems like, albeit a more supernatural way of going about it. It it just seems like this is more of, I guess, an outward reflection of our inward insecurities. So then, but we're gonna shut those right down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then, <laughs> uh, would you say that this room makes you more more loyal to the things that? The, the things that Bluebeard has said to you. You, you feel like you m- maybe believe him and that maybe you believe
2: less in yourself. Ooh. I think if I can suggest something, mm-hmm. um, I think that it would, that since we like focus so much on like the earrings, that that might make us a little bit more loyal to Bluebeard. Like, okay, he's given us these resources to make ourselves more like powerful because the earrings like are in you know, the house, and he gave us, like, access to the house. Um So I can see that being, like, the loyalty.
3: And they're, like, they're, like, a source of regality, so he's just trying to help us fit in better.
2: This
4: is true.
0: So then, would you take a token of faithfulness?
4: Yes. I think so.
0: Okay. Uh, you keep the earrings in as you leave, uh, feeling a little shaken and a little less confident about yourself, uh, but... You think that maybe with some more practice you can you could get used to this.
4: Yeah, I think as we leave the room we kind of, like, shake o- shake it off a little bit. Like, we put those gloves back on, hide our big strong hands, square our shoulders, and try to lift our head high even though we don't necessarily feel great about ourselves. These earrings will help.
0: Yeah, and you leave the room hearing the door latch behind you. Uh, how do each of the sisters feel about uh the the thing that they just saw the the horror that existed in that room?
2: I think that weirdly, it made like the virgin feel very hopeful um because she like knows herself. She knows those insecurities already. um but the fact that she was able to sort of like defeat it and still come out on top, I think makes her feel like maybe i can do this um even though i like hear those things about myself and it was those things made real um maybe i am actually suited for this for this position because i was able to defeat them
0: okay i like that what about the witch how's the witch feeling i
3: think that the witch is um A little concerned because now we've been in two rooms and two things have like popped out at us (laughs) Um, literally climbed through frames to get at us uh and she's almost like more concerned like how much of that is actually true because obviously we just shut them in the mirror and nothing happened after that even though we ran away but i think that those insecurities are definitely ringing really loud in her head But at the same time, she, kind of like the Virgin, she knows them and recognizes them, but they're not as painful today because she has one more piece of armor against them in the earrings.
0: Okay. Interesting. And does the Animus have any uh, final thoughts?
3: I think the Animus is in agreement
4: with the Witch and the Virgin. Um, The only other thing I think that she would have to add is that These insecurities, they're dangerous. And this house seems dangerous, and at least that these two rooms were very frightening. But we should be careful, because these thoughts are insidious as well.
0: Insidious indeed. Well, with these first two rooms and the bride's growing uh, anxiety about her place in the house... Her unsureness with her place in in the family. Even uh, I think
2: we will end there. Yay! Are you guys all spooked. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I did not like that oil monster thing. The oil painting was yeah. really creepy.
3: Good. That yeah, that one like.
2: Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures
0: of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer.
2: My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Githyanki. My
3: character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're Ravness, right? Yes, and you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain
0: Valeria Rain. And welcome aboard, the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on. There's so much to see over here. Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's
3: funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills.
1: <laughs> One, two, Project